three, two, one. As promised, our special guest today. Hold on, how you pronounce your last name? I'm gonna say it before we start. Yeah, it's Mose, M O S E. Okay, okay. Well, as promised, our special guest, sports anchor at the ABC affiliate station in Austin, Corey Mose. Welcome to the show. First, thank you for taking the time out your busy day to hop on <laughs> for the show, man. How you doing? Oh, sensational, man. No problem. Anytime we can talk Texas, I'm down to do it. Well, first to start, for Houston, they got UT. It's been a long time before both of us was born since the last time they played each other. Mm-hmm. Vibes like in Austin, facing it, getting ready as they get ready to play Houston. Well, the vibes are kind of just like wait and see right now, right? I mean, we're coming off of a loss to OU. Had the bye week to really – let that sink in, see where they messed up at. And so now it's like, okay, are they going to improve? Are they going to show the things that they lacked against OU? And is it going to be like a get-back game for UT? And so everyone's kind of on pins and needles to see how are they going to respond after their first loss of the season. And they're hoping that it's, no offense, but in blowout fashion uh, against a team that they don't think that should compete with UT. Are you getting the the vibe that it's a, it's a big game? I know for – for Texas, it feels like every week is a big game because mm-hmm. of UT. But for Houston fans, vibe for the fan base, the schools, it's a sellout. First sellout since they played Lamar Jackson, which I was there <laughs> at the stadium. So this has been a long time since it's been a sellout. So for Houston, the fans are anticipating. In Austin, is it that same anticipation or is it just like another week? Well, I mean, to be honest, it's another week because, I mean, every game that Texas has played in, home or away, has been a sellout. It's kind of like their farewell tour to the Big 12 now. And so every single team that they go on the road against, they sell out. And so they know this going into the season, going into this game that, you know, it's kind of like everyone hates you, you know. And so their motto this year is embrace the hate. And so that's something that they've been doing throughout this year. Uh, But, yeah, it's just like another sellout crowd, another team that hates burn orange. And, uh, you know, let's get it on the top then. Now, what have you seen from um, throughout – this season so far from Houston, I mean, not from Houston, from Texas, game to game, especially coming off that loss. How have you seen them as they continue to kind of form themselves under um, Steve Sarkeesian and kind of build that culture? He's been there for quite a while now, got a number of recruits, a bunch of talent. Mm -hmm. But what have you seen and being around the players and the team and the program for them this season so far? Well, one of the biggest things that I've noticed is one of the biggest questions coming into the season was the running back position. You know, you lose Bijan Robinson, you lose Roshan Johnson in that backfield, two NFL guys. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, who's going to replace that talent? Uh, and surprisingly, it's been Jonathan Brooks. I mean, the, the kid's leading the nation when it comes to yards per carry. Uh, he's also one of the top guys when it comes to missed break tackles, well, forcing break, missed tackles, I should say. Uh, he leads the Big 12 in rushing yards, leads the Big 12 in touchdowns scored. I mean, he's been balling out and kind of been a perfect replacement to Bijan. Uh, and so that was a surprise. And so now you have the running game really going and making it a focal point of this offense, which then, of course, opens up the play action, uh, the things that Sark loves to do uh, through the air, which is go deep um, and also attack the intermediate routes with Xavier Worthy and Adonai Mitchell. And so I think the running game has been a big surprise for Texas and also on the defensive side of the ball, that defensive line uh, and the run defense. They're number one in the conference when it comes to stopping the run. They got a couple guys up front. Tavon J. Sweat, he's been projected as a first-round draft pick. And so you have these guys that are just space eaters up front. And so no one's been able to run the ball against Texas that well except for OU. But that was more so Dylan Gabriel, the quarterback running, not the running back running. And so it'll be interesting to see how y'all's guy, Donovan, does uh, when it comes to him using his legs because that's something that he did – 
why he was at Texas Tech last year when he yeah. beat Texas a year ago. Right, and that's something I'm going to keep my eye on. But I think um, just watching Texas, of course, being from Texas, I'm from Dallas. Only mm. time I root against UT is going to be this week. I'm not going <laughs> to be one of those fans that I hate burnt orange. Or I'm yeah. Not, I'm from Texas first and foremost. Respect, bro. Respect. <laughs> I got to keep it 100. But within that, Quinn yours, man. Mm-hmm. I love his, his temperament, his swagger. I love – it seems to have um, a good command in regards to – the offense, but a good command in regards to having the pulse of his team. And I think that's mm. important playing that position that he has and having the run game like you just mentioned and then the weapons on the outside, especially with Xavier Worthy. Mm. I'm feeling, are you feeling like, or what are you hearing from him in regards to kind of having that bounce back game? Because he hasn't performed, I'm sure, to this be- what he his standard of what he says for himself. Yeah, and, you know, a lot of people look at Quinn's stat line from, from I guess, two weeks ago now. And just talking about how he has those two interceptions. But if you take away those two interceptions on those first two drives, by the way, the rest of the game for Quinn, he was 29 to 30, over 300 passing yards and two touchdowns. I mean, you can't really ask for more, you know, and and one of the interceptions was off of a drop pass, you know. So it's kind of just like Quinn's been playing well. Uh, But unfortunately, you know, you take the L, you see those interceptions on the stat sheet. So it makes seem like he hasn't been playing up to par, but he's had control over this offense since the beginning of this year. Uh, another year under Coach Sarkeesian's system always helps. Uh, but the biggest thing that we've seen improvement in is one thing that you mentioned was his vocal leadership. I mean, he may not be that guy in front of the cameras or the media, maybe not as charismatic, I should say. But on the sidelines during the game, he's the guy clapping to the offensive lineman saying, hey, let's go. Let's get this. Do- let's get this going. He's clapping to the wide receivers like I'm going to get the ball there to you. Like, just trust me. So he's a leader vocally on the sidelines, and that's something that he told us a year ago that he wanted to really improve on because he was a quiet guy last year. But this year you can see that change. I don't know if it's because he cut his mullet off or what, but he's a different kid. Uh, and it's, it's cool to see him take that step in leadership-wise because they need that for this team to be successful. And what areas overall have you seen from last year to this year? I think mm. they've learned quite a bit last year from – some of the success and some of the failures that they had. And like you said, this is his second year in Sarkeesian's system, um, primarily just the quarterback. But overall, what have you seen the difference between year two and year now? I feel like this year, from my perspective, it seems like they expect to win game in, game out. Maybe they had that expectation last year, but this year I feel like they have – they know that they have the pieces in, the pieces, the pieces in place and they have the comp- – the, the knowledge of the system and just have that comfortability being in the system, being under Sarkees. And what, what's from your perspective, what have you seen from last year to this year? Yeah, you're totally right. I mean, you have a, a lot of guys on this team that was on the squad last year with high expectations. You know, of course, you had arguably the best college football player in Bijan Robinson last year in your team. So you expect to at least make the Big 12 championship game. They didn't even do that. And so a lot of those guys from the team last year were like, man, we have to accomplish at least a Big 12 title this year because like you mentioned they know they have the talent they know they're the best team in the league which is why everyone else in the conference voted them to win the conference preseason wise and so i think now they have that belief and they know it and not only that but they're playing like it right like if you look at baylor uh that's a team that usually they kind of play down to on the road in waco texas dominates you know a team like kansas they didn't have jalen daniels as starting quarterback and so the expectation was you should beat this team by double digits. And what they do, beat the team by double digits. And so that's something that last year's Texas team, they may have played down to their competition. But this year, they're not doing that. 
they're blowing people out, which is why this week is going to be very interesting to see if they keep that kind of same uh, mantra going or if they go back to their old ways and play down in competition. Sticking with the offensive side, I think for um, Texas, you mentioned their offensive line and the success that they've had running the football, in which Houston, that's something that plagued them this season. Mm-hmm. They couldn't stop TCU running the football. They also couldn't stop Texas Tech running, football, running the football. They did a better job against West Virginia was able to stop them in the running game. But do you think Texas will come out with the philosophy? And it's been a while since they had an offensive lineman drafting, mm-hmm. which blows my mind. If I'm my mm-hmm. mind. I think it's Justin Blaylock. Was that the last lineman that they had? I believe so. I believe you're right there. Uh, at least five years ago. Well, um, Connor McGregor, because I know he played for the Cowboys. Oh, uh, no, he was oh, McGovern. Yeah, Connor McGovern. Yeah, you're right. Okay, okay. But um, on the offensive side, what do you think they're going to lean on to kind of attack Houston? You think it'll be kind of run first to play off the play action? Well, you know, this offense is very balanced, and so they want to do both. They, they want to be able to run the football. That's that's the biggest thing that Sarkeesian, a lot of people kind of have that mantra of he likes it slinging around. That's not the case. What he wants to do is set up all that with the run game. Uh, and so, of course, they're going to start off running the ball for sure, take their deep shots when they have it. But, yes, I think the main game plan is going to be to run the ball through the tackles, make sure they get five yards of carry, six yards of carry, and then hit them with some deep shots off the play action. What have you? We talked about the players, but as you just mentioned, on um, Coach Sarkeesian, what have you seen from him versus last year and this year? Any change in him as far as maybe how he interacts with the media, mm. um, messages to the team or the media, anything like that? Yeah, I think one of the biggest things that I've seen so far with Sark is just being open and honest. You know, him saying our expectation is to win the Big 12 title game. I mean, that's something he didn't do last year. Uh, he, he mentioned how they had a lot of talent, but this year around, they're vocalizing like the expectations for the season, the expectations for this team, talent-wise, and he's not afraid to say it. Uh, also, if you take last week's loss, uh, we asked him like, "How do you kind of just move on from a loss like OU?" Uh, and he basically told us, "You don't. It sucks. Like I'm being totally honest with you. Like it, it took me a while to kind of get over that loss." That's Sark saying that, uh, and so for him to be so open and honest with us, that's real cool to see. But it also shows a vulnerability that. Not only that he's showing us, but I'm sure he's also showing his players. And that's why these players trust him so much and believe that they can achieve something great this year. Almost definitely. And now, now to the defense. Um, what plagued the defense against OU um, that you've heard? Because, you know, mm-hmm. you're in the media, you're able to talk to the coaches and to the players. So um, after the game, what was their message in regards to what plagued them against OU? Yeah. So I was actually shooting the game, too. So I was on the field shooting it. Uh, and one thing that Sark really talked about post game was the pass rush lanes. And so if you watch the game, of course, so you see the stat line, Dylan Gabriel balled out. He had over 100 yards rushing. And Sark really emphasizes because the pass rush lanes, they weren't staying disciplined. So they were allowing Dylan Gabriel to step up in the pocket and take off rather than maybe keeping him contained or even him going outside of the pocket and mm-hmm. scrambling that way. It'll be less effective. But the reason why he was so effective is because he was just able to step up right through the middle of the gap and take off running. And that's just something you can't do. And that's something they haven't been doing all year. So it was weird seeing the Texas D-line be that undisciplined. But, you know, it's one game for everything. We'll see if they patch that stuff up for this week because I'm sure uh, UH looked at that tape and they, they may have saw that vulnerability. Yeah, I think Houston probably will try to use Donovan Smith's legs mm-hmm. early, especially in the dance in the downs to try to limit those obvious passing situations. What about from Texas's secondary? They gave up some some big passing mm-hmm. plays against OU, and that's the strength of Houston's team is their um, 
skill set on the perimeter. They have three really, really good receivers with Sam Brown, Joseph Manjack, and Matthew Golden. And it seems like Donovan Smith is being more comfortable and being more decisive in his decision-making. How does Texas defend this offense? Because Houston's run game really has been really non-existent. Well, that's going to be a good test, right? Because right now, going into the game against OU, they were out. The, well, their starting cornerback, Ryan Watts, was out. Uh, he's still dealing with the leg injury. And so still no signs on if he's going to be back for UH. So we're still waiting to see and hear from his his uh, bye week and how he's been recovering. But that has been, I would say, one of the – I'm not going to call it a weak point, but the weaker points of this defense has been the secondary. Uh, when it comes particularly the safety position, uh, they they rotate a lot of guys. And you'll see this on Saturday. But Texas has about four or five guys that they rotate at the safety position and three or four guys that they rotate in the cornerback position. Uh, not because of talent not being there, but it's just Sark wants to keep everybody fresh. But sometimes when you have those type of different rotations, when it comes to secondary specifically, you need that communication, right? And so sometimes that communication is off. And you saw that in the last play against OU, there was no communication. So that's why there was a guy wide open in the back of the end zone for OU to score that touchdown. And so I think that's something to look out for on Saturday, how Texas is able to communicate, especially if UH loves to take those deep shots. How much of a UT crowd are you expecting? Uh, oh, UT travels. UT definitely travels. Yeah, they definitely travel. <laughs> fans are, they're funny. They, they come to see the other team. Yeah, it was often like that with the American where they oftentimes they play a couple power five schools and they would really show up. And so this week it's a sellout. I don't know if to expect a lot of Houston fans, but I know Texas travelers. So I'm kind of expecting a lot of burnt orange mm. that a lot of Houston is such a big city. It's a lot of Texas alumni. I'm sure they live in the Houston area. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That with Texas traveling and it's like a three hour drive, two and a half hour drive. Like, yeah, something like that. Crazy. I, I'm not really sure. I think it could it could probably be maybe 40, 60 percent mm. Houston, um, Texas. I'm not really certain, but what are you hanging for the, the crowd and them being ready and um to travel for this game? Yeah, like you mentioned, UT fans are always going to travel, especially with something this close. Yeah. Uh now if we're going out to like West Virginia, <laughs> that's a whole nother question. I mean a whole nother situation. Uh, but when it comes to UH for sure, they'll make that trip. Uh they the, I've been on two road games. Uh, at Baylor, and then I technically OU's a road game, but I don't know if that really counts. Uh, but at, specifically at the Baylor game, UT did show up. Uh, they showed out. They had a little section. Um, but it also depends on the school, right, if UH allows Texas fans to buy a certain amount of tickets. Uh, I know Texas has a rule at DKR that only a certain percentage of the seats can go to the opposing school. Yeah. So I don't know if UH has that same thing, but if not, I'm sure Texas fans will be down there. Um, I know you like to stay neutral being in your profession. You don't yeah. really want to root for a certain team. But what's your expectations for Saturday? Does this Texas bounce back in dramatic fashion? Is it a closed game? What's your expectations? Well, to be honest, I think it's going to be at least a three-score game, but I don't think it'll be like that early. Uh, Texas has had a problem when it comes to playing schools like, um, I'm trying to think, Kansas, uh, playing schools – Earlier this year, like Rice, uh, they had slow starts in the first half. And so when you play these teams that you're necessarily supposed to be, Texas has struggled with starting out fast. Uh, and then you factor in coming off a of bye week, how that's going to affect the offense, not being in the game for a week. You know, they're going to come out a little sluggish. So I do feel like Texas will have a slow start, but eventually they'll get the ball rolling. And I think they'll win by three touchdowns.
Can Donovan Smith duplicate the success that he had Man. last year at Tech against Texas? Y'all may have to go for it four times, uh, like ten times on fourth down, like Texas Tech did last year. That's how they won. <laughs> they went for it every fourth down. Yeah, and I, um, I watched his media um, availability earlier today, and he spoke about that experience playing against Texas, and it not only gives him confidence, but he feels like it's helping him kind of relax the other players that mm. kind of approach it as just another game. What are, what are you hearing in regards to defending Donovan Smith? Yeah, Sar Coach Sarkeesian actually mentioned him earlier this week uh, about how, like, we know Donovan way too well. <laughs> just about, you know, last year's game and the way he was able to kind of, like, dice up that defense. Uh, and so I think Sark is also looking at this, and Coach PK, the defensive coordinator, mm -hmm. they're both looking at this as like a, hey, let's get let's get back at this guy. You know, Let, let's, let's, let's make sure that he doesn't do the same thing that he did to us last year. Uh, and so uh, they haven't discussed game plan with us because they never do. But I'm sure that the game plan is to keep him in the pocket, make him throw it. Uh, don't let him get outside. Don't let him run the ball uh, because that's how Texas got beat against OU. And so if they're able to keep everybody in the pocket, create some pressure, Texas has been able to get a lot of sacks this year, more than last year. And um, they're doing really well when it comes to the turnover margin. Uh, they were in the bottom half of the nation last year when it comes to turnovers force. This year they've had a turnover in every single game this year. So – uh, just a different team when it comes to creating turnovers and opportunities to get the ball back. So we'll see if they can force Donovan to throw some interceptions. For Houston fans, a lot of them saying you can go one in 11, one in 12, as long as you beat Texas. <laughs> beat <It's>, Texas. <laughs> that's how big of a game this is for a lot of Houston fans. They're anticipating it. I'm anticipating it. I can't wait to see, but I really want to give you um, your credit for all the standing, outstanding coverage that you do. Oh, uh, thank you, bro. Um, weekend watcher, um, all your stuff, and so thank you for taking time out your busy day to come um, chop it up with me, get some insight on what it's like out there in Austin. Appreciate it, appreciate the invite, appreciate the time, and uh, I'll see you out there. Most definitely, appreciate it, man. Have a good one. All right, G. All right.